0: And now, you're catching up with Peach. What's up, what's up? Happy Tuesday. I hope your Thursday is going great, and we're getting down to cases in the NFL. You probably could make a case for any team in men's college basketball, and I'm here just in case you want to know more, just in case you need to know more. All right, anyway, hopefully this is starting to sound familiar to you, but today's lineup, we're going to start with football, move into some basketball, quick note or two about baseball, some hockey talk, and we'll finish up with the Misfits. So without further ado, here we go. All right. You already know at this point, we're starting with college in football and really just two things I feel like you guys need to know. And unfortunately, they do fall under the like not fun news. The first thing would be Michigan Wolverine football. So again, college talk. They're under investigation for alleged violations during the COVID-19 recruiting dead period. Now, You could be like, okay, all that just totally went over my head. All you really need to know, Michigan is under some investigation right now for violating some rules. Um, They've already fired co-offensive coordinator Mike Weiss, head coach Jim Harbaugh. Depending on how well he cooperates with the investigation, he could be facing some suspensions. Nothing set in stone yet, but just something that I want to make you guys aware of right now. Second thing would be a new addition to UGA's football team, Rodarius Thomas, or maybe Ra-Ra Thomas, he's known by. He was actually arrested Monday um, for a felony charge. If you care more about details of that, of course, you can look it up. Um, he's one of those players I talked about before, the trans- transfer excuse me, portal, people going back and forth, players moving around. And so he's a new addition to the team, but um, not the best start, and we'll leave it at there. All right, let's move into NFL side of things, and yes, we are going to spend a significant amount of time today talking about the NFL because just like I said on my Monday Minute headlines, if you saw that, we are down to four teams in the NFL, which basically means two games, we're so close to the Super Bowl. This weekend, this upcoming weekend, we have the conference championships. Now, I know for me, when I think conference, the word conference in sports, I think of the college world. And yes, we do talk about conferences in the college world, you know, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12, etc. But in the NFL, the conferences, I will remind you, are the NFC, the National Football Club, and the AFC, the American Football Club. So these playoffs have been, you know, funneling out to come to a winner of each side and those two teams play each other for the super bowl here in two weeks so this weekend we basically got the conference championships so who do we have how did we get here first up the nfc side san francisco 49ers are going to play the philadelphia eagles the 49ers got here by beating the dallas cowboys 19 to 12 on monday night and we'll come back to that. Don't you worry. And the Philadelphia Eagles defeated the New York Giants Saturday night, 38-7. Now, 38-7, to yeah, that's an embarrassment for the New York Giants. But if we're being honest, we didn't really expect the Giants to be here in the first place. We thought Minnesota was going to beat them. So it's not like all is lost for the New York Giants, but the Philadelphia Eagles, they're flying. Okay, so let's go back to the San Francisco and Dallas deal. And I will tell you this off season going to be a lot of talk about Dallas and a nerd moment for you. Anytime I say numbers, probably I'll I'll just let you know a little nerd moment. This is their 27th straight season. They have failed to make it to the NFC championship game. So That's a lot for America's team. Now, Dallas is considered America's team. They get a lot of attention. Jerry Jones, their owner, is always talking about something. I don't know of another owner in the NFL that gets as much publicity as he does. America's team not make you know every year oh we can make it to the Super Bowl oh you know we've got the play it's just kind of been disappointment after disappointment for them and Dak Prescott their quarterback this year and we've talked about him we we kind of stayed with him throughout the year because in the first week he'd injured his thumb and so he missed five games but even with missing those five games another nerd moment for you He was tied for the most interceptions in the regular season. He had 15 interceptions, and that is not really characteristic of Dak Prescott. If you don't watch him, if you didn't follow him much, he typically, you know, the phrase you would use, he takes care of the football. He's not giving it away to the other team, interceptions. So he's guaranteed to be there next year. But I say all of this to tell you a lot of conversation in the offseason. We've already mentioned there's going to be things about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and things like that. What's the deal in Dallas? Mike McCarthy, head coach, they're gonna hold on to him. So I just want to make you aware big issue to talk about here in the offseason. Moving on to talk about this game, this upcoming game. San Francisco is gonna play the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Well, if you caught my name to know on Friday, I told you about Brock Purdy, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And basically His nickname's Mr. Irrelevant because he's a third-string rookie quarterback that was picked last in last year's NFL draft. And then you've got Jalen Hurts on the Eagles' side. This is a battle of the young guns, and really that's where the title for today's episode comes from. These NFL playoffs, these quarterbacks are young, Uh, but they're not dumb or broke, so I didn't use that song. We had to go with young blood. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, Definitely outplayed Dak Prescott in that Dallas game. Jalen Hurts, even not being 100%, we've talked about his shoulder injury off and on, still had a decent game. So, and, and whoa, before I forget, these two guys played each other in college. So Brock Purdy went to Iowa State. Jalen Hurts was at Oklahoma at the time. They played each other. Oklahoma won 42 to 41, and both quarterbacks combined for 11 touchdowns. So we got a rematch going on. And if you can't tell by my voice, if you can't tell by the energy, I just think it's going to be a really fun game. Let me talk for a quick second here as an interlude between the different games. This, let me talk scheduling for a quick second so you're aware. This weekend, like I've said, we have the conference championship games. Next weekend, we have the Pro Bowl, and it's kind of a week off for the players that are going to be then playing in the Super Bowl or the teams that are then going to be playing the Super Bowl the following weekend, so February 12th, Glendale, Arizona, that's the Super Bowl, so there is kind of an off week, a rest week for those Super Bowl teams, and uh, so it's either going to be the San Francisco 49ers, or the Philadelphia Eagles coming from the NFC, on the AFC, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Kansas City Chiefs, all right, so Cincinnati got here by defeating Buffalo 27 to 10, and nerd moment, That's the fewest points Buffalo's put on the board all year long, 10 points. Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 27 to 20. And if I'm honest, that score is a lot closer than I anticipated. But Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, had a high ankle sprain in that game and really heavy monitoring that this week. He's going to play. He's a competitor, probably won't be at 100%. They're taking really good care of him. But he's got a chip on his shoulder, Patrick Mahomes does, coming into this game, because he is one in three against the Cincinnati Bengals, meaning he has only won one time and lost three times, whether that be regular season matchups or postseason matchups, because Like I said in my Monday headline, this is a repeat of last year's conference championship game. Cincinnati Bengals prevailed. They go on to the Super Bowl last year. They lose to the Los Angeles Rams, who we've said before, not even in the contest this year. And and let's keep in mind also, Cincinnati, they started the year like 0-2. I remember at the beginning being like, this team was in the Super Bowl last year? Well, in sports as a whole, It's about clicking. It's about players coming together at the right time. And for this NFL season, it's long. It's 18 weeks. We're now in the postseason. We started back in August. You can click in August. You can start off 5-0. You can start off really strong. But if your team is not clicking in late January and then to be able to play in February, it doesn't matter. So I would say coming into this game as a personal opinion, and yeah, I pay attention. I watch stuff. I think the Cincinnati Bengals have the edge. Joe Burrow, their quarterback, Joe Cool, some people call him, just finding another gear. They're finding a way to win pieces that weren't working for them in the beginning of the year, starting to work a little bit more now. So he's playing with the chip on his shoulder. I kind of lean towards thinking Cincinnati has the edge, but Patrick Mahomes, fiery competitor, knows what he's up against and know he's up to try and even the score after last year. So... We'll see. I mean, guys, what do you think? Who you got? These young quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, 24 years old, Brock Purdy, 23, Joe Burrow, 26, Patrick Mahomes, 27. And I'll say this, another nerd moment for you, going back to the first game, the combined age of Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts is the youngest ever combination of like ages, 47 years old and 208 days. See, I told you it was a nerd moment. You didn't have to know the numbers, but I think they're kind of fun. You know, who you got? What, what quarterback are you betting on? Let me know. I put the I put that as a question in the poll. It's not, you know, yes, you can talk about the team, but which quarterback do you have the most faith in? All right, we're good to go with football. I hope you find some time to watch this weekend. It's only two games, a little bit here and there. I think you can do it. And I would encourage you to just so that you're set up better for the Super Bowl. All right, enough with football. Let's talk some basketball. Let's go to the hardwood. So I alluded to it again on my Monday Minute headlines, but college basketball on the men's side right now is madness. It's madness before the madness. So kind of the final, the, the big the big shebang, if you will, for college basketball is March Madness. And of course, it's March and April. It's like Christmas to me. It's my favorite time of the year. But this is madness before the madness. I, I mean, there's so much shuffling going on. You, you can't really bet on any team you never know who's going to show up. Oh, it's just fun. It's crazy. You can't predict it, but it's fun. All right, let's talk a little bit about it. So right now, this week's top five, as it stands, Purdue's back to number one. That's their best start in school history. Alabama's at two. Houston drops down to three this week. They were at one last week. I'll explain that in a minute. Tennessee at four and K-State at five. So previously ranked number two Kansas, and I had talked them up a little bit, and it's not that they're bad. It's just they lost back-to-back games this week. Granted, they were both to ranked opponents. They lost to Kansas State and then to TCU. I apologize to both of those teams. I've been sleeping on you a little bit. Losing to ranked teams, to me, is not as big of a deal, but then you have Houston, who I just said was ranked number one, and they go and lose to Temple. Granted, it was by one point, but still, they lost to Temple. So they're they moved down a couple spots. And something that is really strange for me, and honestly for other people too, when you look at the top 25, so the top 25 are ranked, you have coaches, polls, then you have the AP, Associated Press. And we pay attention to those rankings because just like we saw in football, those rankings indicate kind of who's going to be there at the end when it all comes down to cases, right? So there's only one Big Ten team in the top 25 this week. Now you're saying Big Ten. Yes, yeah, so let me just remind you Big Ten, we're talking conferences here in the college world. Big Ten is teams like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, kind of the Midwest region. Typically, the Big Ten's a pretty good basketball conference. Like, that's their strength. They're not as much of a football conference aside from Ohio State. But this is just strange. And I've said this before, and but it's worth repeating. This is strange to me, not just in a Big Ten sense that we only have one team, but I'm used to seeing Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. None of those teams are in the top 25. And, and those programs are considered blue blood, blue blood programs, excuse me, kind of the heartbeat, the heart and soul of college basketball. And you still have some of those teams in there, like you know UCLA still in the mix, But if you're not catching my drift and and someone says, yeah, you pay attention to college basketball, oh yeah, man, it's chaos. It's just crazy. It's hard hard to predict what's going to happen. That's all you need to know. All right, let's go to a couple headlines real quick or a couple kind of need-to-knows within the the men's side and then we'll switch to the women's. Mike Bray, head coach at Notre Dame for the past 23 seasons, he's going to step down after this season. He is their all-time winningest coach. And again, let the name wash over you. Be familiar with it. Uh, a week ago, this is kind of a fun fact type of thing, Iona drained, meaning they made, kind of a t- college basketball or basketball term, they drained 15 consecutive three-pointers in a win over Ryder. We're setting some records there. And then last but not least, I've mentioned his name before, but Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis is now second all-time on the NCAA Division One scoring list. It's a big deal. In the women's side of things, Aaliyah Boston has now set a school record at South Carolina with a record 73 double-doubles, and I anticipate that number climbing, but as a reminder, double-doubles is double digits in scoring and double digits in rebounds. Ohio State women are off to their best start in program history. They started off 19-0. They did lose to Iowa on Monday night, but still, best start in program history, So, I just said that about Ohio State and Iowa. Contrary to the men's side, the women's side has four Big Ten teams in the top 10, not just the top 25, the top 10. Maddie Segrist at Villanova has become their all time leading scorer, setting records. You just got to mention the record breakers, right? And I will tell you, UConn women. You, like I was just talking about on the men's side, you kind of have those programs that are the heart and soul. They're the heartbeat. Well, UConn is on the women's side. They're kind of like a dynasty. Their head coach, Gino Ariyama. He's basically women's college basketball royalty, They have struggled this year with injuries. I I mean, if you follow it all, you know Paige Beckers has been out and and will continue to be out out all season. AZ Fudd has struggled with injuries. Even Gino, their head coach, had to step away for a couple games due to some illness, and they've got a couple players in concussion protocol. So just kind of looking like a shell of themselves. Yeah, they're still going to find a way to win here and there. But if you're wanting to pay attention to more of the women's side, you need to know – Someone says, oh, yeah, UConn, yeah, they're struggling this year with injuries and stuff, not not totally looking like their dominant self. The other thing to note in the women's side, and the last thing to note, there are no Texas teams in the top 25 for the first time ever. Somebody go help Texas. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little bit about the professional world, the NBA. This upcoming weekend is rivalry weekend, kind of, sort of, you know. I think rivalry weekend is probably better suited to college, but. There are some pretty big rivalries in the pro sports world, all right? So we've got the Nuggets and the 76ers first, kind of like an all-day slate on ABC. little check for you. The Nuggets are where? Denver. The 76ers are where? Philadelphia. I'm kind of thinking I may start doing either a TikTok series or Instagram reel series about helping you guys know what team names are in what city because I think that's just I think that's just important. But anyway, I digress. The Knicks and the the Nets are going to play each other, and that's a battle of New York. you got the New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets. And then last but certainly not least, this is where the real rivalry is, the Lakers and the Celtics. So the Los Angeles Lakers and the Boston Celtics. And I have put an article in the show description if you want to find out a little bit more about this. But Irvin Magic Johnson with the Lakers years ago and Larry Bird with the Boston Celtics – a rivalry unlike any other it's it's awesome so and this year specifically boston has had a great year uh la lakers not so much they've struggled a little bit and last week we had a rematch actually of the finals so golden state warriors played boston celtics celtics won in overtime looking a little bit more dominant a little bit more strong but of course only time will tell Injury update, Chris Porzingis is sidelined with a left ankle sprain. Chris Paul has returned to play in Phoenix after missing six games. Nikola Jokic uh, missing a couple games for Denver. Again, I throw those names out at you just so that you're familiar. I will say this: Nikola Jokic plays for Denver. Luka Doncic plays for Dallas. I get the I get him confused. It, it's okay last but not least in the NBA, the trade deadline is February 9th. So a couple things, a couple people probably move around there. And that's a little bit of a conversation right now in the NBA, trying to get things sorted right before the trade deadline. You know, I was worried for a second that I wouldn't have anything to talk about in the baseball world, but don't worry. I, I did find something. Of course, it's me. Let's be honest. First things first, teams, have guaranteed a record $3.8 billion plus. So upwards of $3.8 billion have been assessed to players this offseason. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, we know you like numbers, but why is that important? I tell you that, one, because it's probably going to be a conversation when games start. Two... That's a lot of money, and that money reflects the anticipation, the caliber of players, and what teams are trying to build. So I've given you some names this offseason, you know, Justin Verlander, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, players that are moving around. Let's keep our eye on it. Let's see how this goes because that's a lot of money guaranteed. It's a lot of money down, high stakes, high anticipation. We are about a month away from spring training games starting those happen in arizona and florida the sunshine states, you know pitchers and catchers report february 15th And I will tell you there's something called a world baseball classic that's coming up And I will tell you more about that in the coming weeks. Just kind of floating that your way. So it's on your radar All right in the hockey world said this monday but steven stamkos with the tampa bay lightning has scored his 500th career goal as of about a week ago he is the third active player alongside alex ovechkin with the capitals the washington capitals that is and Sidney crosby with the pittsburgh penguins second thing would be vancouver canucks fired their head coach bruce bedreau and replaced him with rick tockets a former arizona coyotes coach and tnt broadcaster you're thinking i don't know if i care about that i tell you that because if you're in the hockey world, you want to know a little bit about the hockey world, it's a headline because of the way that it was handled. Like from what I read and what I was paying attention to, the past 12 games with Boudreaux at the helm, they they like knew he was on his way out. The players have struggled with it. You know, anytime there's a coaching change and a coaching change mid-season, just tough on players, tough on locker rooms, tough on dynamics. So we'll see how the Canucks can recover with their new coach, Rick Tockett. The trade deadline in hockey world is coming March 3rd, and I will tell you in the coming weeks I will probably and I will address what a trade deadline is, what that looks like, what are the limitations for each sport respectively. So make sure to keep an eye on that, whether that comes in podcast form or whether it's on one of my social media platforms. All right, last but not least, you know, we got to talk about the misfits. First up, let's talk some soccer. U.S. soccer, I just want to make you aware, they're investigating and reviewing um incidents involving men's national team coach greg burhalter. I have put an article in the in the show description. So CBS Sports has a good article kind of explaining what's going on. I'm not going to go into a lot of details here. I will say it kind of feels like an extended family feud, not not the TV show, but like a legitimate feud. It involves Gio Reyna and his parents. And Gio Reyna was a player on the World Cup roster. But there's a lot. It's really messy. Everybody's kind of connected. I saw you do this. I'm going to accuse you of this. So I tell you this because in U.S. soccer right now on the men's side, Greg Berhalter has temporarily stepped away the head coach. Um, And and the men's national team, they're still playing friendlies. like They're playing friendlies this week, kind of starting off the year. But there's an investigation going on. I just want to make you aware of that. Flip to the women's national team side. They opened up the year with two friendlies in New Zealand, playing New Zealand, and they won 4-0 and 5-0, respectively. Or if you want to use soccer talk, 4-0, 5-0. And that's really kind of a warm-up. They're going to New Zealand, see how that feels, because that's where the World Cup is this summer. In Premier League news, this is what the headline reads. Everton sack Frank Lampard as relegation fears grow. Okay, let me explain that to you. First off, that is some more soccer talk for you. Sack basically means they fired it. So they fired their coach. Relegation fears, if you're at the bottom tier of the Premier League or really any league, there's this fear of relegation, of being demoted. And so Everton is scary close to that line. They're in that relegation zone. They got to make up some ground here at the end. And so out with the head coach. Kylian Mbappe, hopefully that name sounds familiar to you. All-star player for France. He had that hat trick in the World Cup final against Argentina. Um, on Monday, he had five goals in Paris Saint-Germain, the French team. Five goals in their 7-0 win in the French Cup. Now, it's not like they were playing a, a great team. 7-0 is a blowout in soccer. But he's the first player in that club's history, PSG's history, to have five goals in a competitive game. So, I'm not going to say that Mbappe's the next Messi or the next Ronaldo, but he's making a name for himself early. Kid's only 24, so... All right, in tennis, and this is one of those times where I say I'm recording on a Tuesday morning, more information will be coming to you Thursday, but we've reached the quarterfinal stage and beyond, and then this weekend we have got the finals of the Australian Open, and a nerd moment for you. This is the first time since 2000 that three American men are in the quarterfinals, so all right, way to represent U.S., so, eight men, eight women, the names I'll give you to watch. Granted, I gave you names to watch, and then Rafa Nadal was out. So, take this as you may. Come Thursday, I'll get you updated on Thursday night follow-ups. But Novak Djokovic on the men's side, and then Aryna Sabalenka on the women's side. Kind of two names to keep your eye on as the finals approach in the Australian Open. Well... That does it. With tennis, we're rounding and out. That does it for episode 20. And um, as always, I am super grateful to be here with you guys. I will look forward to being back here next week. Make sure that you guys... Um I am trying to put more content out, more things to help to equip you to understand this lovely world of sports, whether it be TikTok or Instagram. So if you're not following me me there, you may be missing a couple things. So be sure to check that out. Um, And as always, I'll look forward to seeing you back here next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for catching up with Peach.